Welcome back, guys, to the Water Boys podcast. This is the DeMar DeRozan episode, episode number 10. I'm your host, Joshua Santos. Nick, unfortunately, is still on vacation, and we really can't have a podcast and not talk about the NBA with three days remaining before opening night. So I'm going to start recording this. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit of basketball, things you might need to know before the season starts. But before that, uh, I was just wanting to tell you guys that you guys should probably follow us on Instagram at Waterboys Podcast, Waterboys with a Z. We're going to try and make it a little bit more interactive with you guys. One way we're going to do that is by doing Play of the Week. We're going to choose maybe two or three plays that we think are play of the week worthy and we're going to make you guys vote and make you guys choose which one should be play of the week make a bit of a post for that so again if you guys haven't followed us follow us at waterboys podcast waterboys with a z with that being said there's a few things i want to talk about and right now with the season looming I want to give you guys five games that we should probably look at this season or this week. Uh, Five games or at least five games that I think are worthy of a watch this week. So let's start off with Tuesday night. Clippers versus Lakers games at 730 p.m. Guys, TSN one, four, five. This is going to be our first chance to look at Kwai and AD on their new teams. This is going to be amazing. Uh, probably a lot of people think these two teams are going to be cha- championship favorites. But unfortunately, one of the additions isn't going to be playing, and that's Paul George, guys. Doc Rivers said that George is going to miss the first 10 games of the season. And if everything goes right, and he's right on time, then George would more likely make his debut on November 13th against the Houston Rockets. That is another great game that should be worthy of a watch, but that's in the future. Uh, there's a f- something that's been worrying the Clippers a lot, and it's been their shooting. The shooting during the preseason has been very bad. Their true shooting percentage was ranked 29th in the league during the preseason. Doc Rivers said that he did not sweat the preseason results, and the last game against the Mavericks didn't help that as they shot 36.6% from the field. Hopefully that does not trickle down to the season. Now, My second game that I think we should all watch is on Wednesday, October 23, Boston versus Philadelphia. Yes, a rivalry game. The game's at 4.30 p.m., and it's going to be on TSN 3. Kemba Walker's Celtics debut. I want to see how he fits with his new team, if it works better than than, uh, what they had with Kyrie Irving last season. I want to see how this guy plays especially against a bigger team. He seems to have a problem against bigger, more physical teams. I want to see how the Celtics are going to defend this Sixers team, especially with their front court being so heavily depleted this offseason with guys like uh, Aaron Baines 
and now Horford leaving, right? And speaking of all Horford, he, they're gonna they're gonna face him for the first time uh, this season when they face the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I want to see what Brad Stevens' defensive plan is going to be for teams that are way bigger than him. Uh, it'll be interesting. I also want to see how the Sixers function on the offensive side of things. I think defensively they'll be okay. They won't have to worry as much. But on the offensive side, I'm going to be wondering, how are they going to spread the floor? Like, Who's going to be the guys shooting? And can Simmons finally start hitting shots outside of three feet more consistently? Well, the guy was shooting, I think, almost at a 60% clip between zero and three feet. Once he started shooting outside three feet, I think from three to 10, I think he was shooting at 25%. And then after that, anything further out, it was abysmal. He didn't hit a single three-point shot last season. So that'll be interesting to see if that changes this season. Now, my third game that I think we should watch is Denver versus Portland on Wednesday, October 23. The game's at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You guys will be able to watch it on TSN 3. So this is going to be the first time that these two teams meet since that epic playoff series they had last year in the second round of the playoffs. As you all remember, that series went to seven games. And of course, Portland came out 4-3. to three. There were some really good dramatic games in that series. Games that went to overtime. Enos Cantor, you know, he couldn't eat, couldn't drink water. He fought through all that. And it, it was just an amazing series. I, I want to see how the new additions are going to work for the Portland Trailblazers. They have a lot. And I am especially going to be looking at Hassan Whiteside. How is he going to play for this team? Are we going to get the Hassan Whiteside before he got paid? Or are we going to get the Hassan Whiteside after he got paid? The the, the one from the last few seasons. Uh, that'll be interesting to see, especially when they are going to be depending on him quite a bit with injuries at center. Also, I want to see how Porter Jr. is going to do this season. Uh, he's played more professional games than he ever did in co college. Now, I know you guys are going to be like, well, that's expected. Well, yes, it is expected, but also he only played four NBA games and he only played three college games. So hopefully he can stay healthy this year. Uh, they say he, he is NBA ready. He said he feels more comfortable defensively each time out. From what we've seen in the preseason, his, most of his points are coming off of cuts and drives. He still needs to improve on his three-point shooting as it was an abysmal one for seven during preseason. Now, my next game, guys, comes on October 24 on Thursday. The Bucks versus the Rockets. Yes, game's at 5 p.m. Unfortunately, it's on NBA TV. I know you got to pay extra for that. So, I mean, if you don't have it, go to a bar and hope they have it. So, the narrative for this one for sure is going to be the battle of the MVP finalists from last season. Maybe, I mean, it could be the MVP finalists for this season too. You never know. Giannis against Harden. It's going to be great. Uh, we all know that Harden feels robbed after last season. 
thinking that he deserved it after him being a huge reason why his team came back and made it to the playoffs after such a poor start. But, I mean, I, I disagree with that. Giannis had an amazing season from from beginning to end, and his team was the best team in the NBA during the season, so you got to give it to them. Uh, also, this is the first time we will see the pairing of Harden and Westbrook. I want to see how this is going to function, guys. It's going to be very interesting. I know Westbrook has taken back seats to Durant, to Paul George, but he's never met someone who's been as ball dominant as James Harden. So I'm going to be super interested in how these two are going to coexist. And hopefully it works out makes for great basketball my third thing to look at for this game is i want to see how bledsoe plays is that meltdown from last season's eastern conference playoffs will that be looming in his head will he be thinking more of that or is he going to have a bounce back season and then ends up playing well in the playoffs or is he just going to be playing well in the season and he's just going to be known as one of those guys that can only perform during the season and not the playoffs? Well, we're going to find out. So the other game I'm really looking forward to, guys, is that game on Friday, October the 25th. The Mavericks against the Pelicans. 5 p.m. Pacific time on NBA TV. Again, guys, if you don't have NBA TV yet, Go to a bar. I don't know. Stream it somewhere. Hopefully you find it. So this is going to be the battle of up-and-coming teams. Both of, the te- both of the teams are young. They have promising players that should be contributing to these teams for the foreseeable future. Well, I mean, in today's NBA, you only play for the same team for a few years and then you leave. So you never know. But definitely, they have good young talent on both teams. The One of the things I want to see between these two teams is the two-man game that Porzingis and Doncic should be playing that pick and roll game you know Doncic has never had a guy who can pick and pop and pick and roll I I know he's only played one season but Porzingis can do that he's one of the better pick and roll and pick and pop players so that's going to be an amazing game to watch I'm really interested to see this speaking of two-man game and pick and rolls there should be one that forms between Holiday and Favors. But unfortunately, during the preseason, it wasn't working very well. So hopefully those two can find chemistry and start and, and finally start playing a good pick-and-roll game. I know Favors is a good pick-and-roll player and should be able to find a partner in Holiday. I know some people will say, well, what about what about uh, Ball? Why can't Ball be part of that pick-and-roll? Well, I mean, he could thing is you need to shoot you need to be able to shoot and he, i mean hall i can't I, favors can't shoot so it, one of the guys has to be able to shoot from outside and it, i i think the more the more likely partner for pick and roll for Derek favors would be true holiday so those are my five games that i think you guys should look out for i hope you watch them this week again opening night starts on Tuesday guys now guys I'm going to talk about the two contract extensions that happened over the course of the week before the season started of course 
as you all know, Bradley Beal and Pascal Siakam both got contract extensions. I'm just going to get a little bit into them, talk to you about what to look into them and what it means for the teams. So I'm going to start off with Bradley Beal, of course. Bradley Beal signed a two-year contract worth $72 million with a player option. With a player option. Keep that in mind. He's going to get paid $34.5 million for the 21-22 season. And then he's going to get paid $37.3 million for the 22-23 season, depending if he takes it. Beal signing this contract means he can't be traded until the 2020 offseason due to the due to the collective bargaining agreement. So this basically takes him off the board for the trade deadline in 2020 and also weakens a free agent market of 2020. There's really no big names. The only big name that should be on there is Anthony Davis. And to be honest, a lot of people are saying that he's more likely to sign with the Lakers than not. We will see about that. You never know. It might turn around and he might not, depending on how the season goes. Uh, so keep that in mind. This will make the Wizards pay their backward a combined $78.8 million in the 2021 season. That's a lot of money they're going to be paying for Wall and Beal. I, I mean, it's fine. They're just buying time so that they can develop the young talent they have now and maybe any future talent they get in the future so that Beal looks at it and then Beal's like, yeah, you know what? I think I might stick around for a little bit. This doesn't seem too bad. Also, Beal can agree to another extension with the Wizards starting on October 1st, 2021. He's going to be able to choose he's going to be able to choose when he becomes a free agent. So he can become a free agent in 2020 or sorry, not 2020, but 2022 or 2023. The big part of this is that during the 2021 season he's going to be on his 10th year in the league. So because it's going to be his 10th year, he can get a 35% full max with any team he chooses to sign with. So no matter what, he's going to get paid, right? Also, part of the contract he signed, he's going to get a 15% trade kicker if he gets if he gets traded. So no matter what, this guy's going to be banking lots of money. Uh, in the end, he's still going to get paid no matter where he goes. I mean, he still has a lot of options. So if he plays that one year of his extension... He sees that everything is going well. He's going to obviously opt in for that player option. Now, if in that year, in that one year he extended, he sees that things aren't working well. He's like, you know what? Wall's not the same guy. I don't think he can help me win a championship or even be competitive. Then you know what? He can just opt out of his contract and he can go sign somewhere else. But for now, getting paid and being the number one option on the team sounds better than going somewhere else and being the second or third option on other teams, I guess. So we'll see how this plays out. But for now, this is a huge win for the Washington Wizards. I know they kept him in the loop a lot, telling them about, they would tell him about 
future plans, things they wanted to do, players they wanted to sign. So in the end, I feel that Bradley Beal felt wanted. And maybe that is very attractive for a player feeling wanted. And he stuck around and gave them another year to do their thing in order to rectify where this team is going. So the second uh, signing that happened this week was a Pascal Siakam one. So Siakam received a four-year, $130 million extension. So I guess the Raptors looked at it just... They looked at it as differently and did it as differently as possible as the Spurs did with Kwai. So here's a little bit of a backstory. So the Spurs, after they won the championship, instead of extending him, instead of extending Kwai the first time they had a chance, they still had him on for another year. So they did not discuss an extension. They kept their money and used it on signing Aldridge instead of re-signing Kwai, giving him a bigger contract, making him happy, making him feel wanted. So the Raptors saw what the Spurs did and they did the opposite. They, They went for Siakam. So with this move, the Raptors made sure that Siakam knew he's the number one option. They made him feel wanted and might have taken a risk by extending his contract earlier than they had to. In the end, they ended up spending more. The Raptors thinking is, he was the second leading scorer on a championship team. Two-way player. His usage rate went up and so did his efficiency. Now, he's going to be the man. He's going to be having the ball more this year than he did last year. So they're expecting him to keep going. and. I mean, we saw that talent last year. There's just no way he's going to all of a sudden lose his scoring touch and just not be worthy of a max extension. I'm pretty sure this is a good move for them. So by doing this earlier, the Raptors made sure that Siakam had no option on the fourth year. I mean, they had no So that he had no player option on the fourth year. So he will stay with the Raptors until the Raptors decide they want to trade him or whatever, right? But I doubt—I I don't know. I, at the end, I, I still doubt that they would want to do that. So they're keeping him until the age of thirty. Um, if he would—if he would have signed the contract next year, he could have had an option on the fourth year and just leave for a different team. Now it seems like they were also learning from the. Gordon Hayward and Utah Jazz experience. So the Jazz waited till his first contract was over. And they then they signed him to a four-year contract with that fourth year being a player option. And then guess what happened on that fourth year? Well, he decides to opt out and he ends up signing with the Celtics. So good for the Raptors. You can see that they have been learning from other teams' mistakes. Nothing wrong with that. Pretty good. Now, I'm going to give you an update on the Zion Williamson injury. So, unfortunately for Zion, he got injured. Uh, He stayed in New Orleans to test out his knee while the team went out and played against New York for their final preseason game. They play on opening night, as everyone knows, against the Toronto Raptors on Tuesday. 
They have no timetable for him to come back, but the good news is that the injury is not season-ending. That's amazing news. The Unfortunately for him, it's the same knee he injured last year at Duke. I know it's that was a, that was a freak injury. So he hasn't had a history of injuries with that right knee, but two years in a row, same knee. I mean, there has to come a point where you start to worry, right? We're all hoping he doesn't turn out to be just like Greg Oden. You know, Greg Oden went first overall for Portland. Unfortunately, he couldn't stay on the court. Hopefully, that's not the case with uh, Zion. Uh, another thing that we have to keep in perspective is that he, maybe he might want to lose a couple pounds. He's at 280. The the athletic, physical game that he plays, you would think that he would want to slim down a little just to take off uh, pressure off of those knees, right? Uh, hopefully, he does it. And he was coming off a pretty good preseason. I mean, the man was at a, it was scoring at an average of 23.3 points on 72% shooting, guys. Could you imagine that? 72% shooting. He was also averaging 6.5 rebounds, 2.3 assists. His true percentage shooting was at 737. Now, I, I looked at other players top true shooting percentages and they have the whole list if that if that's going to be his true shooting percentage during the season he basically would be at the top of the list which is mind-boggling it's stupid how good his shooting has been now new orleans has had a history of injuries unfortunately so david griffin did the smart thing and he went out and got the player care guru aaron nelson now, you might be asking, who the heck is Aaron Nelson? Well, let me tell you who Aaron Nelson is. Aaron Nelson worked with the Phoenix Suns, which means he worked with uh, David Griffin between 1993 and 2010. He is known for prolonging the careers of Grant Hill, Steve Nash, Shaquille O'Neal throughout his tenure. Uh, I especially remember Grant Hill. I remember he could not stay healthy. You would see him more times, more you would you would see him miss more games than not. But as soon as he made it to Phoenix, I don't know what it was they put in the water down there because that guy played more times than not. Throughout his tenure with the Phoenix Suns, him and his staff were recognized in the NBA as industry leaders in sports medicine. So hopefully, this goes a long way in helping Zion stay on the court. Uh, um, now, what are the Pelicans going to do to replace him? Well, unfortunately for the Pelicans, the power forward position is not a deep one for them. The The main candidate to replace Zion on the starting lineup would be Kenrick Williams. Uh, reason being is that his usage, his usage rate is minimal. He can knock down shots from the perimeter, and he can also defend various positions. He's a better choice than Nick Niccolo Melli because first off, they need Melli's spacing and playmaking on the second unit. And also, if this team wants to be playing at a fast pace, you can't have a starting lineup of Niccolo Melli and Derek Favors. It just wouldn't make sense. 
it would slow them down. So I I think it's a good bet that they're going to end up having Kenrick Willems replace Zion in the starting lineup. Unfortunately for this New Orleans team, they have a tough schedule for the month of October or what's left of October and November. They're going to face 15 playoff teams in 20 games. Now, yeah, 15 out of 20, but if you were to actually take a deep look into that schedule, you're going to see that they're going to face at least 19 teams that for sure will be battling for a playoff spot. So this is a huge loss. You can't really replace what he was doing. Hopefully, he's not going to be missing more than a month. Again, they have no timetable. It's not season end. It's not a season-ending injury, but it is a serious one for him to miss if they don't have a timetable for him. Hopefully, he gets back soon. Can't wait to see this guy play ball. All right, guys. Well, with that being said, I'm going to get into a more serious topic. Uh, I'm going to talk about the NBA and China issue that happened. Probably one of the biggest stories that's happened to the NBA in quite some time. So I get my two cents. So what basically ended up happening was uh, Daryl Morey tweeted out something that offended the Chinese government. And while NBA teams were over there and NBA players were over there, uh, Chinese started cutting the sponsorships, players who had deals with Chinese companies to come out and do a publicity stunt ended up getting canceled. So they ended up losing money also. Uh, And on top of that, Chinese government has suspended the, uh, I don't remember what uh, company it is that shows the NBA games over there in China, but they've suspended them. So they haven't canceled the contract yet. Uh, This could have repercussions on the salary cap, not this season, but they're most likely to be seen next season and see what the numbers are going to be like. Uh, So I'm going to talk more about the NBA side of things. I'm not going to give you the political side. It's just not a political podcast, but it just bothers me how much the players are getting criticized. You guys got, you you have guys like uh, Steph Curry and uh, Steve Kerr. Both of them got heavily hit. Um, Steph Curry was hit because he wanted to do more research on it and he didn't give an opinion. A lot of people took that as, oh, he's just trying to uh, not say anything so it doesn't affect him financially because he's got things going on in China that link him financially to the country. And, well, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't actually know what's going on there, guys. You know, not everyone knows about these issues that are happening in other countries. So that's fine if he wanted to do more research on it and and uh, what do you call it, not give his opinion right away. But another one that got hit badly was Steve Kerr. Now, he's known to be a very smart person. He knows his stuff politically. But him, instead of saying, I need to do more research about this and find out things, he just straight up said, no, I don't want to talk about it. And there's two reasons why he didn't want to talk about it. And the first reason is... These are the reasons I think, guys. I'm not going to... 
I'm not going to say that this has been, you know, this has been said by Steve Kerr or anything, but the reasons I think he didn't want to say anything was because, well, one, he didn't want to cost his players financially. Again, uh, Curry and uh, Clay, both of them are linked financially to China. Uh, Clay, as everyone knows or doesn't know, has a contract with Anta, the Chinese government, or not Chinese government, a Chinese company that makes his shoes. And then there's Curry, who has a golf clothing line out in China. Uh, so if he said something, maybe it would have cost him money, or not him money, but it would have cost his players money. And I know everyone's saying, well, these guys are making millions of dollars. Why does it matter? Well, guys, it does matter. I mean, it's easy to be on this side and be like, oh, they've got plenty of money. Why does it matter? Well, it's their living. It's their money. You know, I'm pretty sure more than half of the people that criticize them, if they if they had that much money on the line, I'm pretty sure they, they would do the same and not say anything. Uh, so her smartly declined to talk about it. And uh, that's fine. I props, props to him. Uh, again, players are damned if they do, damned if they don't. And they're even damned if they don't even talk about it. Like, holy, like that's not fair. You know, no matter what you say, no matter if you don't say it, they're getting heavily criticized. And that's not fair, guys. You guys got to lay it. You guys got to lay it, lay off of them. They're not political leaders. I know the NBA is known as a woke league for talking out on so, on social issues. I'm I'm fine if they didn't talk about it. Now, the second issue why Kerr might have not said anything, and I I would be inclined to think this is more likely what he was thinking, is that there were still NBA teams in China at the time. Do you want to add more wood to the fire? Do you want to make it even worse? course not no you don't you know you know you don't you don't want to make it worse than it already is you don't know what governments are capable of you you could have harmed uh these players so i'm fine with them not wanting to talk about it again what they said or what they do it's not going to change anything out in china uh, even if they were to say something out in the states, it wouldn't really change anything. It will, people would listen. They would do something about it, right? They have more pull in the states than they do in China. So I'm fine with that. And then the other thing that happened was LeBron James ended up making comments. He didn't say how he didn't say it how he should have said it, and he later later had to clarify it on Instagram that. He disagreed with uh, Daryl Morey putting out those tweets because they were still in China. And again, something could have happened to them. So I'm fine with them doing that too. Uh, again, I have no problem with people speaking out what they're thinking. That's fine. But again, you got to think of the repercussions. And maybe Daryl Morey didn't think about it. Uh, he could have, you know, sent out that tweet later on after uh, everyone was back home and safe. But he said it while the players were out there, and that could have endangered them. All right, guys. So with all that being said, 
actually gave you guys a good uh, half an hour's worth of a podcast, which I'm pretty surprised. I didn't think I would make it that far. Uh, I'm glad I did. Season starts on Tuesday, guys. I can't wait. NBA is here. Finally. We've been waiting so long for this. One of the most competitive seasons we have ever seen. I don't remember it being this competitive ever. So I can't wait for this to start on Tuesday. That being said, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the podcast. Uh, again, follow us on Instagram at Waterboys Podcast, Waterboys with a Z. Thank you, guys. Uh, enjoy the NBA. Have fun, guys. Bye.